I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hello, it's me, Ruben Kay, the only member of the Lollipop Guild who formed an unlikely friendship and intense erotic relationship with one of the flying monkeys. And welcome to Come to Daddy, the podcast for people who won't let their therapist remove their shoelaces and belts because then the outfit won't gel. This week, I'm on a gay cruise. That's right, I'm floating around the Mediterranean doing shows and having fun and doing people. I don't want to say I've had a lot of sex on this cruise, but I will say I have so little semen left in my body that last night I had to fake my orgasm by sneezing on a twink's back. Amanda, how are you? Um, well, I just have to... All I can do is take solace in the fact that both my parents are no longer with us and therefore they're not going to ask me what I'm doing for work and therefore I don't have to tell them about this podcast and therefore they don't have to hear that. Apologies. I used to apologise for Ruben. I've sort of forgotten to do that now. He genuinely is on a gay cruise somewhere in the Mediterranean. You'll notice from the audio on the upcoming podcast um, that with his international jet set lifestyle, uh, everybody was in a different location. So the audio is uh, a little bit patchy and it's, you know, it's just the way he rolls. Enjoy, come to daddy. My guest today is a Spanish-Welsh comedian who receives different levels of commitment and support from his parents when it comes to his work. His mum travels to almost all of his gigs, offering emotional support and feedback on his material, and his dad sometimes likes his Facebook post. As both my therapist and the border security guard at Heathrow said while they looked at my baggage, we've got a lot to unpack here. Come to daddy, Ignacio Lopez. Thanks for having me. Can't wait to chat. Uh, My mum also has notes on my material and consistently (laughs) offers it you know, un, unasked for, yeah. just feels like 
I have a right to. And it drives me fucking crazy. How do you deal with it? Uh, I'm not too bad about it. I mean, you know, she's my mother. I think we're quite honest with one another. So mm. if um, if she wants to give me advice, I don't have to take it. I can just, I can hear it, but I don't have to act upon it. So. Oh my God, you're so much more sanguine. I take it as a complete criticism of my entire identity. So like <laughs> umbilical whiplash, just cracking around. Uh, this is my parental questionnaire. I ask the same questions of all my guests and it gets us started. It gives us like a broad overview of your story. Quick fire answers. Cool. Names of your parents. Ignacio and Yvonne. Beautiful. Oh my God, I love an Yvonne. Yvonne sounds That's like it should have name. its own dessert. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, or at least, you know, uh, a section of the menu. <laughs> uh, what are their ages? Um, I'm not 100% sure. I should know that. But my mother claimed to be 21 well after I went past 21 years of age. So I knew something was off. Uh, yeah. I think they're, they're both in their 60s, but I'm not. It could be anywhere between 63 and 69, which is a great number. There's a certain, I mean, it's one of the favorites. <laughs> Where do they live? So my mother lives in Pontadawe in South Wales, mm. uh, and my father lives in Menorca, uh, the smaller island next to Mallorca, where I grew up. I'm guessing with that distance between them, they're no longer together? It's not a long-distance relationship. I don't think they've spoken for some time, um, not just because of the distance. So, right. I say, When was the last time you spoke to them? Uh, I saw, weirdly, my mother's been uh, away for months in Tenerife, so I hadn't seen my mother physically for about a year. We chat every now and again on the phone, but she got home and she came to my show in Swansea last night, so very recently to my mom. That's lovely. And dad? Not so recently? Not so recently. No, he, uh, like you said, uh, he, he likes my Facebook posts. That's kind of like the most interaction we get is like the occasional thumb up or thumb down, depending on what, uh, what material I've posted, etc. He shares things occasionally as well, um, which, is, which is nice. And it means it gets a new, uh, new audience as well because his Facebook friends aren't necessarily my target audience, you know, for stand-up comedy. So it's quite nice to see. Who are, his who are his Facebook friends? Mainly my family in Spain. <laughs> so that's, you know, and occasionally I'm talking about, and a lot of them don't speak English. So, but they, they'll all click like as soon as he shares something, which is not, I think they just like to see me. Yeah. They can see I'm still alive. You know, that's kind of what they can see. I'm out there doing stuff. I do think sometimes with comedians that um, their family, the people that make up their family or the demographic that makes up their family is never the audience, but it's always because it's the material. Yeah, definitely. So they make up, you know, especially more recently, I've started talking a lot more about my family and stuff in my material. I used to mm. keep it quite vague, but now I've started going into specifics. How did the, how do your family deal with sort of being talked about or represented on stage through your lens? Usually, especially if my mother's at a gig, she's fine with it. But one time, I think the, the moment she snapped uh, was when I was talking about, I was asking people in the audience what the worst Christmas present they'd ever received was. And I said, whatever people give me, I can top it. And then I said what it was. And my mother had bought me that present. And I hadn't specifically said my mom bought it for me, but she immediately piped up at the back of the room. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's that's my mother. And she was like, what was wrong with the present? And I said, can you wait till the end of the joke <laughs> so I can explain why it's the worst present of all time? What, what uh, was that present? Yeah, so that's the only time she's ever lost it. She, <laughs> my mother bought me. I'll tell you what the present was, and then I'll tell you what the reason it was the worst present I've ever mm -hmm. received. My Maybe. mother bought me uh, Friends Series 7 on DVD. Um, and the reason that's the worst present I've ever received is because... The year previously, my mother had bought me 
the complete friends on DVD. So she got me not only something she'd already bought me, but a lesser version of it, like a smaller segment of it. So that's why it was the worst present of all time. Finally, at what percentage do you blame slash credit your parents for how you turned out? Oof. Um, I think 100% blame. <laughs> That's good. That's interesting. Yeah. We've only had one other 100% and they are not a healthy person. <laughs> what I'd love to get from you is like a little 30-second description of your parents. Like what do they look like? What's like, what's this? Do they cook? Do they, what's their vibe? So my father is a six foot five, like taller version of me, basically a little bit darker. Um, do you he... have his number? <laughs> Sorry, I do, but they, I think yeah. it's disconnected. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's uh, he cooks. He was a chef for a long time as well. Mm -hmm. So he had sort of bars and restaurants. He learned how to make pizzas when he was very young by a little old Italian guy who lived in uh, in Mallorca. Uh, and then my dad went off to open up his own pizzeria, and then multiple restaurants and bars and stuff since then uh he tried to bring spanish food to wales mm -hmm. uh he also worked in a rugby club for a little while making food for them and they just wanted very basic you know cuisine pie chips that sort of thing and he was like bringing them like traditional spanish food you know and it wasn't uh it, it didn't last very long please tell me that you are writing a sitcom about your six foot five <laughs> gorgeous spanish father cooking for a rugby club in Wales. And can I, I actually... please audition to be one of the napkins? <laughs> and Yvonne, what's Yvonne, Yvonne like? So my mother is, uh, you know, shorter, um, th slim, uh, Irish, Welsh lady, dark hair as well, but uh, quite pale, different complexion, very freckly, uh, very friendly, loves to chat, would talk anyone's ear off, loves to tell stories like her grandfather, uh, like her father, my grandfather. Um, and she's just, you know, very independent and, and sparky. She goes out and starts businesses at a whim. Uh, and she went out to Spain, having, you know, speaking no Spanish at the time, just decided to go out there and work. And that's how that's how she met my dad. So, yeah. I love that when, when we tell these stories about our parents, because they're our parents and there's nostalgia, we go, isn't that amazing? Isn't that romantic? Isn't that brave? And when we hear, like, of people our age or younger, do you go and do that? We go, you are a fucking idiot. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. It all seems, yeah, we romanticize the past. I mean, I'm sure that these people on their gap years currently, I'm sure their stories are going to sound fantastic in 50 years, but currently we just think they're wankers. Absolutely. Know? When you were growing up, how was your, how, what was it like growing up with a dual nationality? Was it like a blessing or a curse? I think I, I, I think I didn't fit in anywhere. Like in, in Spain, uh, I was kind of the odd one out. I was too Welsh to be Spanish. And then in Wales, I was too too Spanish to be Welsh. So the kids were kind of quite cruel, like a fair bit of bullying at the start. How did your parents handle that? Um, my were dad was a little bit. My father, I remember him telling me when I was quite young that um, if anyone ever picks on me, and I was a very little kid, he was like, if anyone ever picks on me, and I don't think this is advice any parent should give a child. My father said, anyone ever picks on you or said that, you know, that just ball up your fist and hit them on the nose as hard as you can. So, Solid. you know, it's, I was tiny as well. I wasn't going to get away with that. You know, it doesn't matter how hard I throw a punch. I, it doesn't mean I could take a run up, you know what I mean? And I could, it's not going to make any impact. It's just going to annoy them. You know, they say bullies back down if you kind of attack mm -hmm. them. 
not if you are, you know, a two foot Spanish Welsh kid. You know what I mean? It's not going to happen. Uh, so I, f- I felt a bit um, outmatched. I do like that your dad's advice to his son going into grade school was essentially the same advice you give to a new person in prison. Which is <laughs> like, you find the biggest, baddest guy in there and you smack them down with a lunch tray and show them that you're the boss. Like, mm, it's an educational facility, Dad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it wasn't it wasn't the best advice. I think no. um, my mother was very protective. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, you know, I didn't tend to explain much about what was going on in school anyway, but if it ever did come out, if I was having a bad time, then, you know, my mother would be quite supportive. But she gave the opposite advice, you know. Find a teacher, <laughs> which is more safer kind of like route than, you know, getting into a fight first day of school. What shape did the bullying take at school? Uh, mainly kind of like verbal and stuff, but physicality, just sort of pushing me over. Mm. You know, people, Ignacio is a difficult name for, if nobody's ever heard it to pronounce, uh, especially mm. in Wales, very different names. And, you know, the nickname I got in school wasn't Nacho or anything shorter than that. Uh, they just used to call me Spanish prick, which just became like a kind of, that's just what they called me. Um, the amazing thing yeah. is in comedy, that is now a USP. Exactly. You know, my, I should have made my website SpanishPrick.com or at least it, my OnlyFans. My OnlyFans abs- should be Spanish Prick. It absolutely <laughs> screams Twitter handle to me. <laughs> Ignacio, were you at school in Spain as well? Or with yeah, the same kind? Oh, God. How... Yeah. So I, the way I compare it is I met um, when I was at, later on in my teens, I met somebody who had been in a military family and, you know, like involves a lot of moving around and that kind of thing. And that's kind of closer what I felt to. Uh, in my childhood and a lot of people because we didn't even stay in one place in Mallorca. We, my dad would open up different bars and restaurants around uh, and we'd hop from place to place. So At I what didn't point get did you a... start to realize your dad may not have been an entrepreneur, but a con man? <laughs> I think it was just, a, it's a seasonal thing in Spain. What's annoying is like, especially if you live in a tourist area, you don't, you know, the businesses don't run during the winter. So mm. people go to mainland or you know, they, they find something else to do in a different parts. So you, you find yourself moving around a lot uh, doing this. And my mom, both of my parents, both self-employed their whole lives. Right. Um, my grandparents as well. Like my, my grandfather. What does your mom do? Uh, right now she's retired, but she was, uh, she used any, anything. She'd show up and open up shops, uh, retail shops, clothing, furniture. Mm. Um, she tries a, a bit of everything, really. Whatever people are hoping to buy, then she'll, she'll open up a shop selling Did it. Did you all kind of work in the restaurants in your dad's businesses as well? Yeah, and something I haven't really written into my stand-up yet is that, I don't know if people know this in the UK, it's legal for a child to work um, if they live on the premises, if it's a family business. It's legal for a child to actually work as a job. So from like, I think from like 11 years of age or something. So I think I was younger than that, collecting glasses and you know, put the, <laughs> that is, the tables I mean, or whatever. I mean, we've all, I think every single person has been in a European country on a holiday at some point and been like, mm, that is, that is, that child, that bartender looks 10. <laughs> yeah. My mustache didn't come through till a couple of years after that. So, it, you know, I couldn't even pass. I looked, I was a very young looking kid. Um, so yeah, it was, it was definitely you know, something dodgy there. <laughs> and now you look like a sort of like a sexy ballroom dancing rabbi. It's beautiful. <laughs> you still, do you think you also share your sense of humor with your parents? Yes, in a way. Uh, I mean, for, so one of the things I 
kind of realized is that comedy is is it's like a language. You know, you kind of tune into mm. um, somebody's sense of humor, and it almost feels like you're speaking a different language. And my parents are both called very different senses of humor, um, but I kind of have a bit of both of them. Mm -hmm. uh, so my father is a bit more uh, dry, a bit more sarcastic. My mother really hates sarcasm, <laughs> um, which isn't ideal because I'm a, I'm a stand-up comedian. That's kind of, you know, a big part of what I do and live my lifestyle. Uh, well, I mean, that she, is why she does come to your gigs and heckle. Exactly. You know, she's there to just be like, stop being so sarcastic all the time. <laughs> so that's, that's kind of what I get from. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. There's a lot of cliches in comedy that you're doing it as a sort of like, um, I guess like a way to grab attention from parents or get approval from parents, especially, especially from kids who have had absent parents. Do you feel there's any truth to that with what you do? I think so. Even though I, I wasn't an only child, I was quite, um, you know, I, I just loved film and movies and just kind of escapism and, and doing things by myself. And I think a lot of the time I was kind of like trying to maybe show off as well to my parents and trying to, you know, get attention and stuff. And I, yeah, I de that definitely translates. It definitely works. I think the definition of a comedian is a middle child that gives off only child vibes. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. That that definitely translates. I remember the first time my mother came to watch me do stand-up. I, I hadn't been going very long. And I I, I just wanted to warn her in advance. Was like she, she'd not been to a comedy club before. And I said, look, you know, this, it can be a bit sort of swearing. She was like, don't worry about it. It's fine. And I went up and I, I've never sworn so much in, on stage in my entire life. It's like I wanted to prepare her, just get it all out of the way mm -hmm. right up front. Yeah. So I, I I dropped every swear word I knew in that set and came off. It was fine. You know, it was, and she, she was very, you know, uh, afterwards, very complimentary and stuff. And the first time, the only time my father's ever seen me do stand-up comedy uh, so he came over to Wales uh, for a little bit to sort some stuff out. Um, and while he was in, he came to watch a show. Uh, and that's the time I chose. I did a similar thing as well. I, that's the time I chose to talk mainly about him, um, you know, and, and like him being not being around when I was a kid and stuff. The very different reactions from my parents. He was he was complimentary after, but he like didn't heckle or anything or just didn't really have anything to, to contribute. It's just kind of like, yeah, well done, whatever. <laughs> whenever the parents come there's always an air of something and i know there are certain jokes that i pull from my set if my parents are in the audience yeah um and sometimes there are certain jokes that i'll i'll add in but they're not they're not pushing boundaries um 
but then to kind of have your parent at the end be vaguely nice is yeah, worse worst. than if they'd hated it. <laughs> For sure. At least hatred, you've got something to work with, you know? <laughs> yeah. Have you noticed as you get older that you are like turning into your mum or dad? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I I think I get like frustrated like my dad does. So um, I, I I am terrible at waiting. Like I can't queue up for anything. I don't mind, um, you know, waiting for a podcast to be recorded, for instance. <laughs> but if I'm in a queue, <laughs> oh, God for that, Ignacio. We wouldn't but... have one. Thank you. But mm. if I'm in the queue for a coffee shop and it's taking too long, I'll I'll just even if I've paid for the coffee, I'll just leave. Mm. I can't I can't deal with it. I hate I hate waiting, which is ironic as well because Spanish people are very late all the time. Uh, which is something I've fought against my whole life. I've just always tried to be early because it's a bit of a stereotype. And, and with my mom, I, I'm a chatterbox with people as well. I feel like from my mom, I got the, I can talk to anyone. I'll go out mm. and make friends. If I'm the only person in a, a bar or something, I'll go over and say hi and tell them, bore them with stories about, uh, <laughs> about growing up in Spain. I don't know how this happened, but I feel like I've inherited my stepmother's kind of anglicized waspishness. And that okay. if I'm in a bar, like my dad... This like little Russian guy, my mum, this ebullient kind of German woman. They make friends with everyone. And me, for some reason, when I get in a bar, I'm like, I will sit with my gin and tonic. Nobody talk to me. My entire <laughs> world is at the rim of this glass. Got you. <laughs> Do you feel like um, when your parents come to your gigs or when you interact with them now, do you get an active sense of like pride that they might be, that they're proud of you? Yeah, I think so. I think they're both quite positive about it, really. Like, you know, I think it took a long time. I've been I've been doing stand up for thirteen years, and it took a long time for me to kind of get get any traction or start doing well at it. And it, I think they were kind of looking at their watches and and calendars about, you know, about five years in, going like, "Where's this going, Ignacio? You know, why are you not why are you not on TV yet or whatever?" So it took mm. a bit longer than they were expecting, but I got there. I made my point. Do you think you've ever let them down in any way? One thing I've inherited from my dad as well is like, you know, kind of terrible at communicating um, long distance uh, or sort of getting back to messages. I should definitely talk to my mother more. I should definitely make an effort to, uh, I think that uh, disappoints her a little bit when she hasn't heard from me in a long time. I have yet to hear a mother say, I could see my children less. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're up to the pick and mix. Pick and mix, pick and mix. It's time for us to do pick and mix. And today you have chosen, drum roll please, Amanda. It's quite hard. There's a lot of saliva on that microphone yeah, now. sore tongue. No, it's so unfair. Um, my, I, well, things like, I mean, you can probably appreciate that, you know, parents often say things that, quite critical that they don't necessarily mean it to be as critical as it is but i remember just sitting next to my father once in a car and he just sort of pulled over and he said do you have any pride in your appearance <laughs> and, I just, and i i was just trying to process it i don't think i still don't think i'm over it i don't think quite uh i was like i'm not i'm not at work or anything i was just wearing sort of casual clothes you know i wasn't um no you know, describe no 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 describe the ensemble for us i think i was wearing um I was probably wearing like a t-shirt hoodie. I'm pretty much wearing what I'm wearing now, like je jeans, t-shirt hoodie, uh, and like some some boots. But uh, yeah. my father just said, you know, 
do you not have any pride in your appearance? Like, what do you think about? I'm not gonna just dress in a what do you want a suit and tie, you know, to be just go from one place to another in a car with him. I don't know what uh, is he quite expecting. like a is he quite a smart dresser? He can be, yeah. Although you know, he's he's not one to to criticize. He he used to walk around. I remember the back pocket fell off a, a pair of his jeans once. He wore them for years around, you know, and you just got this faded impression of a pocket on the back of his, uh, his jeans, which is to be honest, they're probably selling stuff like that in shops now you know that's you probably pay extra summer. for that <laughs> as you get older you do start to care much less about your appearance i remember my father in his 70s refused to get anything mended refused to kind of it's fine it's fine it's completely fine and he had a pair of trousers where the pocket had worn out and you could literally see his testicles through the pocket, through the bottom of the pocket. And my mum would say, you can't go out. We'd be like, you can't go out in those. This is, and he would go to the shops and he would, if he was commando, I mean, it was mortifying. He's no longer with us. I feel I can share this now, it's, but he wouldn't get it okay. mended. It's, it's going to get worse. It sounds intentional. No. I'm sorry, Amanda. That sounds like he, he wanted those boys to breathe. item of clothing. <laughs> Look, I'm not far off. I've only recently replaced a pair of jeans that I've had for the last three years on tour because the back just below the where the butt cheek, where a butt should meet a thigh, but in what my body is a passive aggressive handoff of duty where my back just says to my legs, your problem. <laughs> both of that across both legs was these huge tears um, that exposed thigh, it exposed cheek, it exposed gooch and ball, depending on heat, on how warm it was and how relaxed I was. It's like my dad. Yeah. I think it's, this is a thing. It looked like someone was trying to poach two very oddly coloured eggs, just sort of hanging out the side on a public transport. All right. So this is the one, the, this is the final part of uh, Come to Daddy, and it's a little segment, my favourite segment, that I call... Shall I be mother? Shall I be mother? And that's where you, Ignacio Lopez, get to stare into these whirling horror shows that I call eyes. <laughs> this fantastic. What are you talking about? Thank you. You can say <laughs> that was a test that you passed. <laughs> if I could produce moisture, I'd be sweating right now. Um, you get to look into my eyes and pretend, imagine that I am your mother or your father, or both if we have enough Vaseline, and you get to say whatever you would like to say. So if I was one of your parents now, Ignacio Lopez here on Come to Daddy, what would you say to me? Um, I would say, Yvonne, I think I left my glasses in your car last night, <laughs> so if you could return them to me, that would be fantastic. Yep. Fair. I think the nice... camera froze as well. I thought that was a very <laughs> the camera froze, so I just had you staring at me for a good length of time after that. And I thought, yeah, that's probably how my mother would react to that. <laughs> <laughs> I was being still. I have stillness innately in my body. I'm like an I'm like an Enya record. And no, I, I would, think I would definitely tell my mother that I appreciate uh, everything she did for me the whole the whole time. And I'd say to my father that look, I forgive you. <laughs> that's all I'd say to my father. What do you think he'd respond to that? Uh, he'd probably do exactly the same way he did the first time he saw me do stand-up and go, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right, thank you so much for coming to Daddy, Ignacio Lopez. Thanks for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you.
That was the incredible Ignacio Lopez on Come to Daddy. Ignacio, where can the listeners, our beautiful little daddyettes, see, smell, touch, feel, or hear more of you? Well, I don't have an OnlyFans called Spanish Brick yet, uh, but uh, if anyone wants to get in touch with me or find out more about where I'm touring, so if you want to tour every year, I tour do something at comedylopez.com. Nobody pronounces my name as accurately as you do, Ruben, so I've had to just go for Comedy Lopez. It's much easier for people to find me. ComedyLopez.com. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. It's just Comedy Lopez. Come check me out and come see a show live. Ignacio, thank you so much. <laughs> Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.